Welcome back if you are a regular. If you're a newbie, log on to www.knowyourselfouthere.com and listen back to prior episodes. Big screen, little screen. Right about now, it's all about big screen, little screen. It's where we talk about everything good in the cinema, on your TV screens, online and everything else in between. Something we do every week, whether you are listening via Rinse FM or the digital streaming platforms. Myself, SK Vibe Maker and Lowry in the building. We are in the building. SK, man, it's not a Thursday without big screen, little screen, man. It's Mr. I watch the bad movies so you don't have to. How are you doing today, SK? Uh, every time you say that, man, Mr. I watch the bad movie so you don't have to. I just feel like I need a catchphrase. I might need one, but I don't want to have an offensive one. So I have to really think about it. I'm doing good today. Body's aching, exercise, gym, training, all of that stuff. Shouts to all mm. of those who had their new objectives for the top of the year and are still on it, man. How are you doing today, sir? Likewise with you, man, I'm doing well. I've started back training from, you know, the injury that I've had. So yeah, I'm getting back into the swing of things, man. And also I'm liking that the sun, you know, the sun's staying out a bit longer these days. No more darkness coming home from work and stuff. So yeah, man, I'm looking forward to the next couple of months of spring and then getting into summer. Here's to the sunshine. You know what I'm saying? It's always a good thing, man. But don't yeah, let the man. weather dictate your moods. I just want to say that, man. I'm not trying to get all gospel and preach you today. We have a nice menu <laughs> today, though, Lowry, man. Give them the lowdown of what we're doing today. We do indeed. We have another great show, two titles to discuss and an interview. First, we're taking it to the little screen for Iwaju. This is the latest animated series from Disney. And we also have an interview with the creative team behind that series. And then we end on the release of the week, June part two. We've watched the film. So of course we have our reviews for one of the most anticipated films for 2024. Other titles to look out for, Spaceman, which is the latest Adam Sandler movie on Netflix, Lisa Frankenstein, which is a cinema release, and Shogun, which is a new series on Disney+, Plus, all releasing from this Friday, the 1st of March. Yes, indeed. Where are we taking it first, Lowry? We are starting with the small screen. And before we discuss this title, here's the trailer for Iwaju. Big screen, little screen. From Disney Animation and the groundbreaking storytellers of Kugali. Happy birthday. Tola, this is our team. You want that story, pet? It's great. Comes a Disney Plus limited series. What would you say if I asked you to go to the mainland? Set in a futuristic Nigeria. You want to see the real Lagos? Yes, let's go. Big screen, little screen. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, Movie Report, Alari. It's movie and TV talk. It's what we do every Thursday. Whether you are listening via Rinse FM or the digital streaming platforms, we are here. We have just heard a trailer. And I just got to say, this is a refreshing one. Larry, give them mm. a lowdown on the trailer that we just heard. That was the trailer for Iwaju. This is an animated miniseries produced by Disney Animation Studios and Kugali Media. And this series will be Disney's first collaboration from an outside studio in Disney's 100 years. What an achievement that is. This is a comic style animated sci-fi series set in Lagos that explores themes of class, innocence and challenging the status quo. SK and I had the pleasure of interviewing Hamid Ibrahim, 
Tolu Oluwafieku and Marlon West, some of the creative brains behind the series. So we're going to play our interview with them and come back on the other side. Big screen, little screen. Hamid, this is a futuristic Nigerian story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great visually. It's an all-black cast of what we've seen so far. Why do we feel like there hasn't been more animations like this with an all-black cast? I think it's just a matter of time and trust. So generally, the way people look at the African continent is a certain perspective. And most countries in Africa are quite young in terms of their birthdays officially, right? As compared to most of the world. And because of that factor, people kind of have, like, they're stuck in the past in a way. They think you can do certain things in Africa. That's number one. Number two, even just on the continent itself, the way uh, the parents and so on, right? It's very hard for you to come to your parent and be like, hey, I'm going to do this. It's not really a career path most African parents will be happy about. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, what you change is that, by the way. That's a big thing on this. So that's, I forgot your question, but I think I hit the answer there already. <laughs> yeah. We need more, basically. Yeah. We need more of it, for sure. The more, the more it's going to help kind of amplify this and we get more and more of this. But the reason they didn't exist is just, again, people had a certain perspective of Africa, which we hope we smash that perspective. Mm-hmm. And then also parents in general didn't think there are many opportunities or any opportunities, or even if it's possible to do this from the continent, we have shown it's possible to do this on the continent. Mm-hmm. I have to say congratulations on Awaju, guys. Like, it's a show that I've not seen before. Like, it's so vibrant, culture and the food that's on display, the puff puff and everything, I have to say, I'm a foodie as well, so <laughs> that was great to see. Uh, Hamid and Tolu, I mean, what was the inspiration of bringing this show to life? So um, I'll speak for Ziki, my co-founder, who wrote the actual story. <clears throat> Ziki spent the first 15 years of his life in Nigeria and then relocated to the UK and found this um, passion to just show his friends in the UK what his home looks like. This is what Lagos looks like. So he kind of had this story in his head for a few years before we met with Disney Animation. And once we started speaking with Disney Animation and had the opportunity to pitch a few stories, this was one of the stories he pitched because he thought with the storytelling style of Disney Animation, this would be a good story to tell. And I personally was hoping they would pick this one out of the stories we pitched because we, we like had a fantasy story set in ancient Africa and different stories. But I, I thought if they pick this one, I will get to show people Lagos. Mm. Because I've, I, even with my friends, my friends I met online who have never been to Nigeria, I literally have a storytelling theme that I call Meanwhile in Nigeria, where I see something weird happening in Lagos, and I know that this is normal in Lagos, but the other person in the US or something is going to see this and think, wow, you guys do that. So I take a video or a picture and I send it, and I'm like, this is real, this actually happened. So I felt like I'll be able to do that a lot in this show, and I'll give you an example. In the first episode, you see um, the car is flying, and these drones come up to the car and are trying to sell things. Yeah, but the, yeah. Because that's what happens in real life in Lagos. Yeah. Every time I'm in my car, somebody's trying to sell me something in the traffic. <laughs> a hustle. I am not exaggerating. You can buy a dog in Lagos traffic. That's, no not, no, that's real life. That's, Have you ever bought one before? Almost. Almost. <laughs> like, we agreed on the price and then I decided, you know what, I'm not ready for that responsibility. <laughs> you know the funny thing? You said a dog and you're shocked. You have a video of somebody selling an alligator. An yes. Alli- yes. An yes. alligator. Yes. I, I, I sent them a video. video. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, Tolu, I feel like in this TV series, it oozes African culture. You know, it's set in Nigeria. Pidgin English is part of that. Yeah. How much was there a grapple between making sure that the culture is represented versus trying to make this universal and understandable for a wider audience? Not really, no, because Disney Animation from the get go wanted to empower us to tell our own story. So they kept asking questions. How, how would this work? How, did, how do people talk? Every, even the most minute details, and one example I like to use is if there's a T-shirt or a cup in the show, Disney Animation is going to be like, okay, this is a pink cup. Is pink, does pink have any cultural significance in Nigeria? Is there anything we should know? Like, because they were asking questions about every single thing and they wanted to make sure they were getting everything right, it meant that it made my job easier. I just had to keep providing information. This is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. This is what this sounds like. This is how this would work. And if I noticed something that was a bit off, for example, a socket on the wall, and maybe the artist who drew that room is a Disney artist, because we had Kugali artists and Disney artists. If the artist who drew the room is a Disney artist, and I see the socket on the wall, and I'm like, no, the sockets in Nigeria are not shaped like that. Mm. That's an American socket. They would change it. Nice. So there was a willingness to get everything right. So it, it was not difficult. So not stifled creativity-wise at all? No. No. Amplified creativity. So <laughs> business wisdom and then our uniqueness came together to create something special. So happy to hear that, man. <laughs> Marlon, it's a pleasure to meet you. I mean, you've worked on some heavy-hitting Disney titles. Lion King, The Princess and the Frog, Moana. All my favourites, by the way. Well, some of my favourites. <laughs> um, what drew you to Awaji to be its VFX supervisor? You know, the world that they were trying to create, it was, you know, as a creative person and as a person who loves film and storytelling, um, the fact that they were doing a science fiction story. In fact, it was set in Legos. They had Afrobeat music in it. And it was actually a, a, a bit of a crime story. Mm. Like, it was all these things that, as a, as a consumer of, of media... I really dug. And as a Disney artist, when I knew that we were going to be doing a project with them and it had all these things, I was like, I got to be part of this. There was like no way I was going to sit there and watch this on Disney Plus and not be able to go, like, yeah, I helped nice. create that. So my job was to actually make, you know, just what they were doing at a Disney level. I didn't, I wasn't trying to like say, oh man, that doesn't, that doesn't look good or, or that's not believable. It was all about trying to make the things that they wanted to do look on a level that was that stand right up there with all the other films that I've worked on. Hamid, apart from the obvious, explain the world of Iwaju for those that don't know or need to know some of the details. Okay, I'll go detail-wise, just the world standard of it, right? So obviously, I'll start from Real Life Lagos. In Real Life Lagos, there's an island which more wealthy people stay in, and then there's a mainland which less privileged people stay in. In the wide world, I've expanded it, but added a Z-axis to that as well, <laughs> right? So island is still wealthy people, but the taller the building, so the higher you go, the more wealthier you are. So if the building is two floors, people on the 10th floor are the wealthiest people. Mm -hmm. And then the mainland is the same thing. So a mainland is maybe not as privileged, but there are people who are saying at the top of the mainland who are very privileged. You've watched the series, Bode's Tower is up there, and it's very fancy, but it's still mm -hmm. on the mainland. Mm -hmm. And the reason this is, is a lot of people, even if they come from the wealthier bit, sometimes want to experience, quote-unquote, what I was saying, they're real Legos. And they can get a, a Legos light version if they can just get into their cars, don't even touch the unworthy parts of like the mainland. They'll just stay up in the air, Go across, go at the top of the uh, go at the top of the mainland. They experience that a little bit. They can go where they want to, 
and then just dart back to the island without mm-hmm. touching the ground. Mm-hmm. So there's that Z axis there. And in terms of the mainland was the design of it was more to be like if you watch the crates, the buildings are built with crates, right? Mm-hmm. And the crates have shapes on them. The windows are shaped with different patterns. Now obviously Lagos is a port city, there are a lot of crates and adding the shapes there allowed us to kind of create where the mainland was almost like a African pattern that just engulfed the place. Whereas mm-hmm. the island was more like uh, I call it the city of sculptures. Mm-hmm. There are kind of buildings that look like sculptures, almost like a art gallery for the rich and wealthy to live inside. Mm-hmm. So that's a good context of the world. Damn, I love that, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Proper explanation. There you go. <laughs> uh, just last question. Look, I've got family members that have been texting me about this show. They're Disney fans. And, you know, Disney are known for putting Easter eggs in their films and series. Mm-hmm. I noticed one Easter egg in the first episode. Can fans expect more throughout the series? Like, what can you say about, you know, putting the Easter eggs in this show? I'll just, just say, you know, there's, we always want to have a level of detail, that actually, because, you know, the films I've worked on in Awaju is no different. People are going to go back to, hopefully, a second, third, fourth time. People are hopefully are going to say, you know, uh, uh, you know, generations, like, you got to see this thing that I looked at when I was little. Mm. So we really want to put things in that are, are details that are, are meaningful to us inside jokes or cultural specificity that, you know, stand the test of time and make people want to go back and check it out. So there, there, there are things sprinkled, you know, all throughout, yeah. all throughout the show. And if you watch it a second time, just in that first episode, you, you might, uh, I don't know if you caught this, because you've mentioned a Disney Easter egg. There's a Kugali Easter egg in that first episode too. He's hey. Kugali now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. They make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Amazing meet you guys too. Big screen, little screen. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Makeup, Move Report, Alari. If you're locking in right now, it's definitely Rinse Affirm. Or whether you're listening via the digital streaming platforms, we have just had a conversation with the creative team behind the mm. new Disney Plus TV series, Awaju. I gotta say, man. This is a feel-good vibes TV series, man. Great animation as well. That's what we would expect, right? Somewhat groundbreaking yeah. with the black cast for a major Disney TV series. The first collab with an outside studio. I just love this, man. I was just... I don't even know what I expected from this. I feel like it's been a bit of a low-key lead-up to this. But this is going to be... If you don't know about it, we're telling you about it. We've just spoken to the creative team. And we're really putting it on record like this is a very good watch. Nice bite-sized episodes as well, man. Great storyline. Larry, how did you feel about this? Yeah, I'm on the same page as USK. I love the animation style. The cultural representation is so vibrant and rich. The characters, so many different types of characters that add depth to the show. The show dives into the rich and less fortunate divide, daughter and dad relationships, and so much more. And I hope they they expand this new universe because Disney and Kugali Media, they have something here with this um, Iwaju. And I just want to see more of it. For sure, man. I mean... There's six episodes in this first series here. Like yeah, we're saying first episodes, series yeah. because this should continue. Like like the yeah. universe, it would be a great thing. I watched half of it. They're nice bite-sized episodes at about 20 minutes as well. I'm giving mm. this, like from what I saw from the first half of the first series, I'm giving this a three and a half out of five. How do you feel about it, Lowry? I'm bang on with you, SK. I'm giving this a Lowry three and a half out of five. I really enjoyed this series. 
I really enjoyed this too, man. For the fans of Disney Animation, Waju is out on Disney Plus and is a you. Damn. Big screen, little screen. Myself, SK Vibe Maker and Movie Reporter Larry. Oh, man, we just had a great conversation with the creative team behind the Waju. I'm looking forward to that series and universe continuing, man. But we are about to take it to the release of the week. Larry, line this up for us. We are taking it to the release of the week. Everyone has been talking about this title. And before we discuss this film, here is the trailer for June part two. Big screen, little screen. Nothing's clear. You've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. My family's been fighting them for centuries. Your blood comes from dukes and great houses. Here, we're equal. What we do, we do for the benefit of all. Big screen, little screen. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, Movie Reporter Larry is movie and TV talk. Whether you are listening via Rinse FM or the digital streaming platform, if you are a regular listener, hello and welcome back, man. If you aren't, welcome to the party, man. This is what we do every week on a Thursday. We have just played a big trailer. The release Massive. of the week. Larry, yeah, give man. us the lowdown on the trailer that we just heard. That was the trailer for June Part 2. This is an epic science fiction film directed by Denis Villeneuve. And this is a sequel to June that was released in 2021. And this film was also based on the June novels by Frank Herbert. This movie features an incredible cast of Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Austin Butler, plus so many more familiar faces. And this movie follows Paul Atreides as he unites with Charney and the Fremen while seeking revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. This is a visual showpiece and also a brilliant accompanying score, just like the first film. Paul's journey in this film kind of reminds me of Anakin in Star Wars. If you know, you'll get the kind of reference because we don't do spoilers. I was actually no a spoilers. bit of, you know what I'm saying? I was actually a little bit sad about the direction of the romance between Paul and Shania, the way it went in this film. But I also thought that it became quite obvious to me around halfway through the movie where this was going. Lady Jessica, played by Rebecca Ferguson, she just annoys me in this film. And I would have liked to have seen... <laughs> <laughs> she just annoys me bro and i would have liked to have seen glossu the character played by um, dave batista i would have liked to have seen his character a bit more menacing i feel like he lost a bit of menace in this june part two austin butler um addition to the harkonnen mm. squad in this was a great addition man i feel like he was the sinister in the way that i needed dave batista's character glossu to be my favorite part of june is where we see the harkonnen characters just getting up to their mischief man they're very sinister that being said the other side of the film can be slightly boring for me man this is definitely better than the first june feel like they set it up nicely for this part two it's a little bit bloated in its running time for me a lot of people are gonna love this and i'm just like yeah bring on the next part man larry how did you feel about it 
for me, June part two is a cinematic masterpiece, man. It excels in all aspects of filmmaking. The narrative unfolds in a rich and interconnected manner. And it left me with a sense of fullness that I didn't have after watching the first movie. The focus on Paul's journey, I agree with you, SK, and, and his rela uh, relationship with Charney, it adds depth and complexity to the story. And it shifts away from the political elements that were heavily detailed in the first film. The stellar cast, all of them, exceptional performances. Standouts for me, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, they were great, but have to shout out Rebecca Ferguson, Austin Butler and Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem adds the uh, the comic relief, uh, comedic relief in the movie, which I I enjoyed um, <laughs> during mm. the movie. Rebecca Ferguson's character, her transformation in the film is remarkable, but it's scary at the same time, man. And for me, Austin Butler's introduction is one of my favorite scenes in the movie with the infrared scene. And I have to, and talking about the infrared scene, I have to shout out the visual effects. Absolutely stunning. Dune part two has set a high standard and I think it's going to be difficult to beat this year. Like breathtaking scenes, exceptional visual effects with the sandstorms and the worms and everything. And this is crafted by Greg Frazier, who's the cinematographer in this movie. And he absolutely knocked it out of the park in this department. Rebecca Ferguson's character, you know, she portrayed Lady Jessica. The transformation was remarkable. But like I mm. said, Larry, it just annoyed me. Her character just mm. annoyed me. But that being said, I give this a 3.75 out of 5. And like I said before, bring on the next part. Bring it on! <laughs> I'm, I'm giving this uh, a Lowry 4.5 out of 5 stars. This is a top tier movie. And talking about the next part, Apparently, Denis is writing the third movie, which will, which is apparently going to be based on Dune Messiah, which is the book after um, the first book. So, I mean, what he's done with this one, I'm excited if they greenlight a third movie. You know what? Shouts to Funkmaster Flex, because when he used to do radio in New York's Hot 97 with Cypher Sounds, he used to have this phrase that he used to say to Cypher Sounds. And it used to be this, Cypher, don't get gassed! And I might have to reappropriate <laughs> that for big screen, little screen, and say, Larry, don't get gassed. That might have to be the thing, you know what I'm saying? But it's all good, man. You got your ranking four and a half out of five. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. For the fans of the Dune books, for the fans of science fiction, Dune Part 2 is out in cinemas on March the 1st and is a 12A. It's been another great episode of big screen, little screen. Larry, if they are fiending out to find you before next week's episode <laughs> of Big Screen Little Screen, where can they find you on social media? They can find me under my social media handle, which is at everything Lowry. Lowry spelled L-O-W-E-R-Y. All major platforms are under that. And of course, you can find me at skvibemaker or www.skvibemaker.co.uk. Big up, Lowry. Big up, SK. See you next week. Big Screen Little Screen.